inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding, that's saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, that's saved, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Game five, Stanley Cup final about to start in Tampa Bay. Hurricane has passed. Uh, They're ready to go. They will get the game in tonight. Tampa Bay can wrap it up and win back-to-back Stanley Cups if they are victorious this evening. If not, then the series will go back to Montreal for uh, game six. Uh, Montreal trying to become the first team since 1945 to force a game seven after falling behind 3-0 in a Stanley Cup final. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, but out of the gate, Ryan Wallace teased this in hour number one. If the Golden Knights are the best team, and they are on paper by far the best team in the Pacific Division next year. Seattle Kraken come in, Arizona moves over. Uh, that's your division with uh, San Jose and L.A. and uh, Anaheim, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. There's your team. There's your Pacific Division. Vegas is the best team. Who mm-hmm. is the next best team in the Pacific Division? I give you that there's a drop-off. But is it Edmonton, who had a good season this year? Uh, is it Calgary, mm-hmm. which underperformed this year? Is it L.A., which is coming a little bit, made the trade for Victor Arvidsson, has kind of turned the corner in their rebuild? Who is it? So, okay, there's a lot of unknown here because the the offseason really hasn't gotten into full swing just yet. You you mentioned the LA Kings. They've made a deal. They've acquired Victor Arvidsson. There's rumors in terms of what the Kings may or may not do the rest of the offseason. The Seattle Kraken don't even have a team yet, mm-hmm. uh, a team of players, that is. So there's a lot of unknown, and when we are – we're operating under the assumption that everybody understands we're going to have to do this again at some point when all the chips have fallen and we know what these teams are actually going to look like. But right now, at first blush, the two teams that stand out the most to me are the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. And it's for two very, very specific and very different reasons. One with Edmonton, you have Connor McDavid. He's the best player in the world. I don't think he's regressing in any in any way, shape, or form. And in the regular season, he is a pain in the butt to play against. He's going to get his points. The Oilers are going to win their games because Connor gets his points. The Edmonton Oilers, to me, are the second best team in the Pacific Division right this minute. But I look at L.A. as a team on the rise, and I think that if they can continue to kind of make those steps – they might be the big surprise in the Pacific Division. And yes, I'm even taking them as a surprise over the Seattle Kraken. Okay, so you had to pick one, and you're going to go with Edmonton? If you had to pick one. It's Edmonton. All right, who are you, Chapman? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go off the board a little bit here. A team that struggled this okay. year for, for a variety of reasons, but I think their core of players is really good. I think they have a fantastic coach. I think their goal situ- goalie situation is pretty solid. I like Vancouver. Now, I know they've got some questions, especially on the blue line. Nobody argues against their picks better than you do. 
No, 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 no. But I, I just feel like like they've got a lot of really good young talented players. So do I. But most people, when they give their answer, yeah, they give arguments to support their answer. Okay, you well, always argue against your answer. Brock Besser, fantastic player. Okay, JT Miller, really good player. He's still under contract. I mean, they've, they've got some really good players on the blue line. Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers, good players. Obviously, Elias Pettersson, phenomenal player. They underachieved this year, but they went through a lot. They had a lot of issues not related to hockey that, that they dealt with. And and I think we saw in the playoffs a couple of years ago that they're a, a good team, well-coached. I just, I just think next year, the division after Vegas is wide open, and I think that they've got a core of players that can get the job done. I think it's Calgary. Oh, hmm. that surprises Interesting. me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That that surprises me. Not a lot of support in the room for Calgary. I'm just going to tell you that right now. The reactions by Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman uh, tell me Hold that on. there's not a lot Hold of support on. for the Calgary Flames uh, in the room. Uh, but but I think they can score. I think they they can get more out of of their their goaltending than they did this year. I think last year was a blip. Uh, and and a full year under Daryl, I I think Calgary is the second best team in the division. So there's three different so, answers. All Canadian, by the way. <laughs> Good point. Well, yeah, naturally. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I I think in terms of the Calgary Flames, like I can see why you'd go down that road. You mentioned Daryl Sutter. Uh, you mentioned that they've they've got great forwards. They they can score goals. And I do think Jacob Markstrom is going to be better for them this year. Um, I just I look at I look at what Connor McDavid did this year, and if I'm strictly talking about the regular season, because uh, we're not getting into the playoffs, because we all know what will happen yeah, in, yeah. in the playoffs. Um, we're going to do 220 but, shows before the playoffs next year. We'll, we've got some time. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm at that point in my in my profession, in in kind of establishing some ground rules that I live by in, in many ways. You don't bet against Sidney Crosby. I'm starting to get to that point in the regular season you don't bet against Connor McDavid. All right. Nobody says Seattle. What are the people saying? What's the reaction out there on social media? Uh, okay, so Rita said, don't underestimate what the Kraken do. They are in our shadow, and I think they are going to come out wanting to show they can do it too. I've never doubted um, the Kraken in my entire history covering the National Hockey League. Not once have I overstepped uh, my bounds with the Seattle Kraken, and, I, and, and I'm not going to start now. Gifted Fish. Edmonton and Calgary seem to seem like the only real choices. One of the California teams, LA Kings, probably will surprise somehow. Robbie, hockey for Robbie, says, if they can stay healthy, my guess is Vancouver. But they have a pile of fragile players, or so it seems. Yeah, they've got some cap issues too. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, knee-jerk reaction is Edmonton. Lisa Dawn says, I want to go out on a limb and say the Kings. But I will. Pro- it'll probably be the Oilers. They will still blow it in the playoffs. But McDavid, Drysaitel carry the team enough to get through the regular season. Stephen says, based on what we know, you'd have to say it's the Oilers. Based on what we don't know, and won't know until preseason, I wouldn't write off the Kraken. So that's two for the Kraken. Vanessa Patterson can't fairly answer this 
until after Seattle gets their team picked. So she's just not going to answer the question, Darren. But but, but that's you... that's actually uh, a vote for the Kraken. For the Kraken. Yeah, that's fair. So that's three for the Kraken. Uh, Patrick says, got to see what happens in the offseason. So many big names rumored to be on the market. At this very moment, it's the Edmonton Oilers. Ducks and Kings are teams with the flexibility to make big jumps depending on what they do in the next few Can weeks. Can I just jump in here and ask you uh, mm-hmm. a question? And yes, this is going to be a challenge because I want you to go back in time. And it may predate okay. this show. Okay. When you look back to July, what are we, the 10th? What are we doing right Today? Now? Yeah. Today? Day. It's the 7th. 7th. Thank you. You have you have no concept of no. Time. I, I should actually know because I go to I go to Tokyo on the tenth, and if I if you it's missed, the tenth, you missed your I just flight. The flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm dialed. I t- and folks, when I do one timers and I don't know the date, it's not a shtick. I don't know no. the dates. Um, it's game day or it's not a game day. Uh, so July the seventh, two thousand and seventeen, you're doing this show. Chapman, mm-hmm. Wallace, you guys are talking. How many votes for best team in the Pacific Division would the VGK have received? Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you. Zero. Zero. Yeah. Right. Be zero. I think even yep. the, the most optimistic fan probably would not have said they would win the division. So is the, is the faith that people are putting in Seattle right now to be the second best team behind Vegas in the Pacific Division. Is that a commentary on what the Golden Knights have done? Or is that more of a commentary on the state of the Pacific Division? Well, I think it's the latter. I don't know. I, You know, I, I think that it's a combination of the two. I, I think we all understand and recognize that the Pacific Division as it's currently constructed, if teams make no adjustments, if they go into next year exactly the same, I think it's fair to say that the Pacific Division is going to be fairly weak um, outside of at the top. The Golden Knights are are clearly far and away on paper the best team in this division. After that, it's a drop-off. And I think that because Vegas was able to build a team that galvanized early and has had success right off the bat... I think you can kind of see what the blueprint, what the framework could look like for Seattle to kind of do something similar. And if you operate under the assumption that the rest of the division is bad or just not very competitive, not very good, then perhaps the Seattle Kraken can strike while the iron's hot in terms of next year and really make a splash. So I think it's a combination of both, but I do think it is a commentary on the state of the Pacific Division and how competitive or not competitive it is. See, I think that the Golden Knights' success is actually a deterrent to the success of the Kraken because I don't feel there will be as many general managers that made the same types of mistakes that they did with the Golden Knights. They're not going to have a choice, Chapman. Well, but the but cap's too cap, tight. Buddy. Come on, it's but too you tight. I, what, what I'm saying is, I don't think we're going to see like the Minnesota Wild saying, "Hey." Don't take this guy. Instead, we'll give you Eric Hall. Oh, I think you'll see some of that. I think you'll see some of that. Absolutely. Another situation where the Golden Knights, it was the the Vegas and and the job that that George McPhee did, he he was able to find the right type of player. Brilliant. And and I don't think that could be understated enough that they found guys that fit into exactly 
what they were looking for, exactly what they wanted to do. And and don't forget, all the trades that they made post-expansion draft, they traded guys like Mark Mathot. They were able to get players for, for him or, or, or picks. Some of the other moves that they made, I mean, they even drafted guys that didn't even sign. Hey, I thought it was telling when Kelly McCrimmon on his year-end availability said that cap space is even more valuable now than it was four years ago. I think that's a fair point. And, and teams are going to be even more challenged through this expansion process because of, of, of the salary cap. And they may not have a choice well, in well, what well, they do. Will that lead to teams getting more creative, making trades with each other? I think. Or will that will that lead to the Kraken be able to take advantage of that situation? I think that's what remains to be seen. Where I think it helps teams is the bottom feeders that have cap space. So does it does it accelerate what happens in in an Anaheim in a Detroit New Jersey another another team they've got a ton of space and they've well they stink so <laughs> but but you can take on you can take, take on, some on salary salary uh, with with a player yeah so I think that's that's where it helps but that's good for the league too overall I think yeah but but I think what Vegas did is the reason why people are putting faith in Seattle. Because even even if you had the Pacific Division like it is now, when mm-hmm. Vegas came in, I still wouldn't have thought that Vegas would make the playoffs at the point. No. And people are giving Seattle some street cred. So let me run through the teams with you. Do you think Seattle finishes higher or lower than these teams? Vegas. No. Lower. Lower. He says no. No, lower, of course. He says yeah. no. Yeah, no. It's a higher or lower answer. <laughs> I'd be terrible at that game on the oh, prices, right? Higher, lower. Jeez. No, Drew. No. <laughs> what do you what do you mean, no, sir? Are you refusing to answer the question on the prices right? Yes, that is what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing, oh, Drew. I gotta miss you guys. Uh, my flight left ten minutes oh, ago. Really? Uh, Anaheim. Uh higher. Higher, yeah. Seattle finishes higher than Anaheim. L.A. Mm, higher. Lower. Ooh, lower. Okay. San Jose. Higher. Lower. Ooh. I think they. I think the Sharks are are in a bad spot. I think they're in a bad spot too. Yeah, I I think Cap they're going to be really really bad. The the only thing the only thing that saves San Jose hmm. is Seattle. <laughs> by, by by taking one of the players, yeah. that's Brent that's Burns, yeah. that's <laughs> where there it is. San Jose can be bailed out by Seattle. By the way, would there, would there not be a more appropriate team for Brent Burns to go to from the Sharks to the Kraken? I haven't looked at uh, San Jose's. Uh, you're, you're right about the uh, the Kraken and his love of uh, wildlife, reptiles, whatever. <laughs> uh, I haven't looked at San Jose's draft the drafting, but do, do they? Uh, uh, if they have a first round pick, would you throw in a first round pick this year to take on one of those big contracts? Would so it be, they do would it, have a. Would it be worth? They do it? have a first round pick. Uh, it, yes, one hundred percent. Yep. Hmm. Um, I, I and, and I'll be honest. I would. Uh, I would say Eric Carlson over Brent Burns. Like. I, I would. I'm with you. I'm a to- make, I absolutely agree. Uh, Seattle. I would, I would give. 
I would give Seattle a first round pick and say, please, 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 take, one. please take Eric Carlson. Carlson or Lassie. Just take somebody. Uh, will <laughs> Will Seattle finish higher or lower than Vancouver? Lower. Lower, yeah. Edmonton? Lower. Lower. Calgary? Lower. Lower. Okay, so we we have a mixed bag between Anaheim and San Jose. Did you what did you say about LA? Did you say Seattle is going to finish higher than No, I said they would finish lower than LA. Lower. Okay. Yeah. Lower. Okay. So there's there's I, two clubs. That that, that I think, I that's think not Seattle a real big sixth. That's not a real big endorsement of Seattle. Not as much of an endorsement as as we were getting through social media. No. No. There were uh there were quite a few beyond what I read here on the program. There were quite a few more uh, look out for Seattle, can't count out Seattle, probably Seattle. So mm-hmm. lots of love for the Seattle Kraken. Now, when we do this in three weeks, mm-hmm. I'll be curious whether you guys change your opinions, whether it's more than Anaheim, more than San Jose. Yeah, I'd like to see who they get, but San Jose, yikes. Like, I'm just looking at some of their contracts. I, I know. it's it's. I, I know you had started to mention Vlasic. He signed through 25, 26, and he's 34. Yes. Yeah. That's the forgotten contract oh, uh, in there. Oh, jeez, yeah. There, there are five more years on Mark Edward Vlasic's contract. And you've got six more on, on Carlson. What's Kane have That's left? what I'm saying. Yeah. Kane, uh, Kane has... They're twenty four, twenty five, seven million a year. Mm-hmm. See, I, I wouldn't move. I wouldn't. I, I would keep Evander Kane. Like I think Evander Kane can be one of those players that kind of helps bring you out of this one. But I, I don't see a way that Eric Carlson at eleven and a half million dollars is going to kind of recapture the type of play he needs to have to be worth that contract. So for me, I'm finding a way to say. Take what you want from us. Just take Eric Carlson too. How many players make over five million dollars oh, on they, that team? They've they've got a bunch: Hurdle, Meyer, Kane, Couture, uh, Carlson, Burns, Vlasic, okay. Martin Jones. Okay, there's there's a big group there that I would say I don't even care what the the stats are. Just take them. Because because mm-hmm. of the salary, and some are yeah. some are really good players, but I just just take them and take their salary. It's it's such a messy situation there that Seattle is their only way out. Boy, that went south really quick with that with that group too. Like they were in the Western Conference Finals just a couple of years ago, and it seems like they're going to be battling to stay out of the cellar. They don't have an untouchable. No. I, I would probably say Couture is nope. maybe really you'd move him too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking Couture is an untouchable. Oh, he's, yeah, really you know what? Just because I look of at it, cap hell, cap hell. Yeah, that's why. Age is not on his side either. They do not have an untouchable. There's not many teams in this league that have an un, that don't have any untouchables. That's that's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I um pick about man, pick, pick up pick are, out any team. Rough. Pick out any team. <laughs> okay. Just go. 
And they, they've, uh, they've got an untouchable. Anaheim. Untouchable. John Gibson. Yeah. Okay. Let's go Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. I, I think, I think well, they've probably think got a couple. Eichel. Jack Eichel's untouchable unless he wants to go. Yeah. Okay. Ottawa. Ooh. Uh, Thomas Shabbat. Untouchable. Not Bra- not Brady Kachuk. Well, or, or, or Brady Kachuk, but that's he's okay. an untouchable for okay. me. Like, on San Jose, everybody is open. And and I like Logan Couture. I like Timo Meyer. I love Thomas Hurdle. I like them. But they're in such a bad spot, cap-wise, there. And, and you look at, at Vegas, how many untouchables are there? I think there's quite a few. Yes. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if <laughs> and Hurdle. They're, and they're up against it. Like, I almost wonder if Hurdle's the guy that you look at moving because he's only got one year left. Chapman, You're, you look at moving any of them, yeah, all of them. But he could be the Literally guy, guy who, who, unfortunately. Who you could move. Yeah, because of his contract. He's only got one year left, and I don't think he's overpaid. I mean, he's a really good player. He makes five well, five point six million, but but still, I mean, he he's he's probably well, he's in the discussion for their best player. Well, here's the thing with Hurdle. I, I I like I look at this in a couple of different ways. Like I I I'm with you, Darren, in terms of I don't think anyone on this on this roster is untouchable. They have been bad for two years now, and they're not in a good spot from a cap perspective. So like. In terms of what players could you trade and get back some value, Tomas Hurdle to me has value in the league because it's a one-year contract before he hits unrestricted free agency. It's $5.625 million. You kind of know what that player is at 27. Uh, I think that you can, you can kind of keep him away from the expansion draft being a player that goes in that situation in order to get some value back the get other way. Get a prospect way. or a but, high pick? And yeah, yeah, but in... But in terms of the the expansion draft, if, if I'm Doug Wilson in this situation, I'm doing whatever I can and I'm giving up whatever I can in order to get one of those three defensemen off the books, whether it be Carlson, Burns, Vlasic. I don't care. Just take one of them. Like you can do seven and three or you can do eight, right? That that That's the way it works in the expansion draft. They're just doing the eight, yeah. eight skaters and a, and a goalie. And and mm-hmm. and they they may leave their they entire should. defense unprotected. <laughs> they should. They just now no moves uh, and things uh, play a role in that, so they'll, oh. they'll have to. They'll have to protect. Uh, yeah, it looks like Carlson I've, and Vlasic. I've got, I've got both. bad news for you. Yeah, they both got, have yeah, full I've no got movement. Bad news I think. For you. Yeah. Eric Carlson and Mark Edward Vlasic have full no moves. Brent Burns has a modified no trade. Um, Couture <laughs> modis- modified no trade. Evander Kane modified no trade. Tomas Hurdle modified no trade. Yeah, you're gonna have to so, you're gonna have to work with them and and, yeah. and talk to them. But there's and Martin <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Martin Jones modified yeah. no trade. That's great. Okay, d- oh boy, d- Detroit. Does Detroit have a an, an untouchable D train? Uh, Detroit. It would have to be Dylan Larkin at this point. Like that's the only player that I can think of that I associate with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go Dylan Larkin, and that's that's as as much that's, as I want. That's to as close as we'll and go. and I'm not. Yeah. I, I like I'm not convinced that that he is. I just think that if like if I'm if I'm looking at it from that perspective, like. His six point one million is not hurting the cap in terms of what Detroit's trying to do. 
Yeah, he's 24 years old. He's the captain. Like, I'll go Dylan Larkin on that. But outside of that, there's no one else. How about Columbus? Patrick Laine. Yeah. Knowing that he's probably not going to want to resign when the time comes. Well, we don't know that yet. For me, when it comes to Columbus and it comes to Patrick Laine. If he wants to play there, is untouchable. Yeah, but... Yeah, but I, I, I mean, Seth Jones wants to hit free agency, right? So, like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think the writing's on the wall for him to stay. Um, to me, it's Patrick Line because you gave up so much to get Line, and I understand mm-hmm. the Dubois stuff was strained. I, I do, I get it, but the fact of the matter is, you can't trade away Pierre Luc Dubois and then lose Patrick Line shortly thereafter. It's just not a good look. I think we proved the point, though. Like it, San Jose is in a really unique position where they have good players, they have star players, and they have nobody that's untouchable. Yeah. And I don't remember going down that path before with too many teams, <laughs> if any, because of uh, salary cap constraints. Or in another way to put it is salary cap hell. Uh, We have game number five underway in the Stanley Cup final between Tampa Bay and the Montreal Canadiens. Can Montreal stay out of the penalty box? We'll update you on that as we continue, plus bring you one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Okay, I want to get into this Buffalo Sabre thing in just uh, a little bit. But they're about six minutes into the first period. Game five, Tampa, Montreal. And it's goalless. And Montreal has just killed off a minor penalty. That's not good news for Montreal, even though they kept Tampa Bay from scoring. What's bad and makes it bad for Montreal is it was a chintzy call a soft mm-hmm. call uh, on Corey Perry on the hook. If that's the standard that the officials are going to hold the teams to in game five, then the physical slash dirty slash greasy plays that Montreal was so good at in, in making Tampa Bay hear footsteps the other night will be nullified. It, it will. Uh, I still think... Montreal is going to throw it all out on the line. I still think they're going to try to be physical. And the the good news in terms of that that penalty kill for the Montreal Canadiens is that Carey Price was the best player on the ice for the Canadiens. He's really locked in early, and that bodes well for forcing a game six. And we haven't had any sign of the ghosts yet. Waiting for no. for their participation. The ghosts did make the trip. Because the border is uh, is open somewhat right now. There's no quarantine uh, for Canadian citizens going back and forth. The ghosts are Canadian citizens. So the uh, the ghosts are in attendance tonight at Amelie Arena. Uh, do you do you know the ghosts? Like, uh, can you get them no. on the show? No. Is that possible? Can no. we Can we do that? No, no I don't. Why not? Uh, I mean, they, they exist, right? Like, well, they, they, the they, they totally exist. There's not big right. talkers. They let their oh, really? action. They let action speak for them. Well, they better show up soon. Well, let's see. Uh, so, with this Buffalo Sabre situation, I chatted with uh, Doc Granato today, and I'm going to uh, edit some of the sound tonight and send it over to Chapman tomorrow. 
and so okay. we can we can play it uh, tomorrow. Just uh, I talked to him a little bit about Jack Eichel. This is from the podcast, The Chirp. And his answer and his commentary on Jack Eichel was interesting because uh, I didn't know he's got a history with Jack. And so so Don's the hmm. new new head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. He took over halfway through the year from Ralph Kruger. And they had that bad losing streak. And now Jack Eichel has is feuding with the team over uh, assessment of his herniated disc and, and how to get him healthy. He wants surgery. They don't want to have surgery. Uh, there's a disconnect there. But Don Granato coach Jack Eichel at the National Development Team program. So there's a relationship there already. Now, Don didn't go, he was very politically correct, and I'll play you the sound tomorrow, but uh, he didn't shy away, but he didn't exactly get involved in it. But knowing that there's a relationship there already with Jack, does that change your opinion on whether uh, Jack Eichel will be back with Don Granato and the Buffalo Sabres. Well, let's let's enter some more um, information on the on the topic, and then we'll we'll all discuss it. So, uh, in an interview with the Athletics, Pierre LeBrun, Buffalo Sabres general manager Kevin Adams had this to say: "In that the Sabres are going to build around Rasmus Dahlin, Dylan Cousins." and Casey Middlestat. Mm-hmm. Those were the three names in terms of core to build with that Kevin Adams gave to Pierre Lebrun. And you jumped he all over this because he didn't mention Jack. Jack. Eichel. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. he doesn't know. He doesn't know about Jack right now. Sure. It's I mean, not his call. If, if, if it was his call, he'd want to build around Jack. But sure. I don't know whether it's his call right now. Well, I, like... I mean, in in a, in a sense, maybe it isn't, but it really is. Like, it, there's there's no reason if if Kevin Adams doesn't want to trade Jack Eichel, there's there's no reason that he has to. No, it, Jack Eichel's under contract with the Buffalo Sabers. Jack Eichel signed a contract with the Buffalo Sabers. So, if if that's the reality of the situation, there's there's no reason that Kevin Adams. Should trade Jack Eichel. This may be a question for Sam and Ash, but maybe not. Look, I know, I know Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabers have a difference of opinion on treating this herniated yeah. disc. Uh, the Sabers right. want rehab, and Eichel wants this surgery that apparently has never been done before. Uh, if you if you go down this path and you're Jack, why not just have the surgery? Like screw what Buffalo says. Right. Why don't why not have the surgery? What's the worst that can happen to you? They can nullify your contract. Sure. I guess they can nullify like, your contract. But if you're healthy and it works, then you just go sign another big deal somewhere. Right, like that's the thing. Like if if you're Jack Michael in this situation and you feel as strongly as you do that, that you should have this surgery, then go do it. And and if if the Sabers are in a situation where they feel like that nullifies the contract, whether or not that's something that can happen, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but if you get into that situation and you're Jack Eichel and you come back, you're healthy. There's a team out there that'll pay you. Yep. There's a team out there that'll that'll essentially take you off of the free market. Like I I'm kind of in that in that mode of thinking, and I I've said it before. I think this this decision is up to the player. Like if, if Jack Eichel wants to have the surgery, 
than he should. I wonder what's happening right now. Like, is he rehabbing right now and still not getting better? Because that might be a piece of the equation that we're missing here. If the rehab is actively taking place right now with Jack and it's not improving or not getting better, then maybe that's something we have to evaluate too. But if I'm Jack Eichel and I'm in a situation where I just think that, that I can't run anymore, I, get, I go and get the surgery. And then whatever happens from there happens. Now, it's easy for me to sit back and go, just go have the surgery. And if, and if they're not happy with you, then nullify the contract and, and away you go. But, I mean, he's getting $10 million this year, $10 million <laughs> yeah. next year. He's getting $10 million a year for the next five years. Uh, yeah. Millard's a big talker. But if Millard was getting $10 million <laughs> for the next five years, uh, I'd be thinking long and hard about doing everything, anything that might nullify my contract and, and may leave me hurt and unable to play. $50 million, pretty, pretty uh, steep principle. Like to make, a, to make a, a, a decision based on your own personal principle. Yeah, I mean, you could convince me to, to stick out rehab for $50 million. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure whether we're uh, any further ahead there. Uh, Don Granato did say they really impressed with Casey Middlestead. Uh, and I, I can't I like the guy. I really do. Um, he's a really positive person. I'm not as positive as he is. And he talked about coaching the team even during the losing streak and how he was going to coach them to be better next year, even though he wasn't the, the full-time head guy yet he was just the intern guy the placeholder i'm like uh i would have been coaching to win games to better my positioning <laughs> to to uh get the job that's that's what i would do i'm i'm not that person yeah. i i don't know whether that makes me a bad person or not but i'm the person that would Probably. rather would 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 try and win the game games to give myself the better chance of getting the the head coaching job for the first time yeah, do do? I, I don't think you're wrong there. I, I would coach to win. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I would do. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to second guess what uh, what Don Granato did because it worked, right? Yeah. I, good on him for that. Uh, Luke Hughes. Yeah. Uh, the, the brother of Jack and Quinn. He's the, the third brother that's going to be drafted, first rounder. Uh, slated to go <laughs> top 10 in and around there. He's the fourth ranked North American prospect. That usually means that, yeah. that, that you're top 10. I, New Jersey has the fourth overall pick. Should New Jersey take him, and and then they, he would be with yes. with Jack? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think so. I'm not sure whether I would do that or not. It's a good story. I I, I like the story, and like let's let's face it like I, I think the story probably means more and matters more to the to the devils because like it, the devils are interesting to me in, in the same way that they're almost like the buffalo sabers in that there are moves that they make that seem to make sense and don't really ever work out we don't have to go yet do we we got a little bit uh owen power is going to meet with the buffalo sabers remember we talked last <laughs> week that uh and I, I didn't want to put this together with the don granado conversation because it's a separate separate issue so that's why i put uh, put hughes in between uh so owen power is the top rated prospect he has not yet met with kevin adams and the buffalo sabers but apparently that is going to happen 
later on this week. Does that does that take care of all the question marks, or are we still going? What the heck is going on in Buffalo? Uh, no, we still say what the heck is going on in Buffalo. Um, listen, it's it's not like it's that last minute, I suppose, um, but it, it kind of is. I I don't know what the heck's going on. There. Draft is two I, weeks I on the, Friday. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it's last minute. I I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about with Jack, right? Like, I think that there's a lot that Kevin Adams is trying to figure out in terms of uh, what's happening with Jack Eichel, what's happening with the Buffalo Sabers, what this team is going to look like next year, and I I don't know why it's it's kind of in the in the eleventh hour here, but it seems like it's going to get done before the draft, and at least that's good. You know, there's a there's a they'll have the meeting before the draft. <laughs> there's a scenario that could play out because Owen Power is talking about going back to Michigan for his sophomore mm-hmm. year. Uh, won a gold medal at the World Championships with Canada, and uh, uh, Gerard Glant called him a mixture between Nick Lidstrom and Chris Pronger. That's how he called it. Uh, oh. uh, uh, he first referred to Owen Power and said when he first saw him, said ah, he's going to be a good pro. He'll be a good player, and then went wow as as he started playing. But uh, but if he goes back to Michigan, and Eichel's traded, the Buffalo Sabers there, there's a scenario where they could go into even with the first overall pick, they could go into next season without Jack Eichel, and without Owen Power. That that's that's a long winter ahead. I mean, at least they've got Dalene Cousins and Middlestat to build around. Yeah. Okay. And, that's and, good. You know. And Sam Reinhart may or may not be there, too. Yeah, and and uh, let's see what happens. Well, let's see if they can get something out of Skinner uh, for the full season because that was a a disaster for the first half. He'll come back, and he'll score 40 goals next year. Jeff Skinner is going to be a Seattle Kraken. Would you? There's Really? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Would you pick him up with, what, 9 million bucks a year? Well, I, I, I feel like there's there's kind of always, like like you just said, he'll score 40 goals next year because that's what Jeff Skinner does, right? Like he'll have one or two years where he's awesome and then uh, a couple of years where he's not very good and it is a yo-yo and it is constant. If if I'm the if I'm the Kraken, maybe I take a I take a shot at him. Nine million, know. nine million, nine million, nine million, nine million, nine million. He's, he's <laughs> and he's 29. Oh, my goodness. Uh, those are your oh, one-timers. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, those are your Never one-timers mind. for this. Uh, what day is it today? Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? We, we it is Wednesday. Had, we had yes. this uh, yes. for, this, uh, for this Wednesday, July on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. So I got one for you tomorrow. Hmm. More question marks than, and I'm going to throw teams at you, and I'm going to compare them to Seattle. I'm going to throw a few different teams out at you uh, around the league because there's some teams that I think could be really good next year Mm -hmm. or they could be really bad. And and think about that, the teams that from year to year, like a Vancouver, like a Florida, like I'm, I'm just using the last two years. These these don't necessarily 
uh, fall under the umbrella of, of the exercise for tomorrow. But I'm going to throw some teams at you and wonder, you got Seattle, an expansion team, without any players, really, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. these teams, Team A, B, C, and I've got four of them uh, to, to throw at you for tomorrow. Uh, it's a fascinating time right now in the National Hockey League with where the salary cap is and then the quick turnaround uh, in the next season trying to figure out where you are within the program and the expansion draft. So who you're going to lose, who you're going to keep, how you're going to be able to manipulate uh, the salary cap somewhat artificially uh, as we catch up with Chapman uh, on this Wednesday. Okay, so... Uh, day two of me giving you some suggestions on things to do in Tokyo. Yesterday it was to get egg salad sandwich at, at a Lawson's. convenience store. At a convenience, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Egg salad yep. sando. Definitely the way to go. But today I will tell you some places to check out if you have the opportunity. I would say Imperial Palace is definitely near the top of the list. Now it's it's kind of different than what can the, I do there? Well, it's just a beautiful area to walk around. There's a moat. And it's just like a very relaxing kind of cool area. Now, it's not like Buckingham Palace where you go right up to the gate and you can see everything. It's, it's, have you been to Buckingham Palace? I have been, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. It's very, I would say it's very Japanese in that the gardens are very well manicured and the moat is very cool. There's a lot of aquatic animals that you can see okay. around the moat. All right. All right. Uh, I would also say head to Shinjuku. And if the bars are open, Golden Guy might be your cup of tea. It's a lot of very small drinking establishments, probably about 100 or so in a square block. Most of these places— 100 bars in a block? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That's it's a crazy. pub crawl. It, it, it legitimately is. My favorite You'll one, never see me again. My favorite is called Deathmatch from Hell. And the bartender, he he <laughs> he is a uh, very interesting cat. He he like how many people would this place sit if like, there's a hundred places in a block? Like eight, nine, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So they're, really? they're all tiny little bars. Now some of them you need memberships. A lot of them you don't. But can I borrow your membership? Card? I, I don't have membership cards. I, I do the ones where I don't need membership. I, I oh. yeah. What if I drop your name at that oh, uh, death match from hell kitchen? Yes, place. death match from hell. Mention okay. mention my name and the, the 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 proprietor wears a Wayne's World hat. Oh. he looks like a character <laughs> out of Wayne's World. He has two TVs where he plays horror movies, like like really old school, like B D horror movies, like just terrible stuff. But it's such a cool little bar, and he plays lots of heavy metal music. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's kind of cool. Hell's Shinjuku? Kitchen from Mars? Is that what it's called? What's it called? <laughs> Close enough. Oh, my <laughs> Close gosh. Enough. Come on, Darren. Are you <laughs> not <laughs> listening at all? I am. Tr- I'm trying to listen. I, I would also say try some sukum and ramen. What's that? That is ramen that they serve to you on the side, and the broth is, is served separately, and you dip the noodles. I just wanted one tip a day. You've given me like seven well, now. Well, there's so much to do. I can't just give you one. I mean, there's there's so we many. We should have passed on the on the gardens. No, I'm, no, I'm not like a real moat I, guy. Imperial Palace is, is very cool, <laughs> and it, it's it's Tokyo Tower as well. Check out Tokyo Tower because the the mo- Chabin. Did, did yes. you see the three D? You've cat? got two more days of this. I know, I know. Believe me, it's a big city. Well, you rebounded You're have well. To draft a document. He 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 rebounded well from the egg salad sandwich at I'm, a convenience I'm store, didn't you, he? he the egg salad, you will yeah, you thank did. me when you get back. Did you see the 3D cat on the billboard? I did, uh, yeah. Like, that was freaky. The Times Square? Where, where, where would that be? Like in It was, uh, I believe it was in Shibuya. Huh. 
That was kind of weird. Which is the world's busiest street crossing, Shibuya Crossing. Oh, well, yes. that's got me written all over oh, it's, it. It's, and the bar place, like yeah, the 100 the, bars. Oh, you, you have to do Golden Guy. That That is... Come that on, is I'll the, be phoning you. Yeah. Chapman! yeah. 2 a.m.? Yeah. I'm with Wayne and Garth. <laughs> yes. And Deathmatch from Hell. 0-0, uh, zero, zero, Game 5. Uh, Ghoulis. Talk about it tomorrow. Plus, Riley Smith on the program tomorrow. Tune in. Hour number one of the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thank <laughs> you.